Coming to you live from the Cross Country Mortgage Campus in Berea, Ohio, this is Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Here are your hosts, Bo Bishop and Nathan Zagura. All right, let's do it live on a Thursday edition of Cleveland Browns Daily. I am merely Bo. He is the great Z. How you doing? Good. Yeah. Yeah, good. I couldn't tell from the low, tap. Though. A little low. A little low. There it is. Because the girl was adjusting. A little low. Now you're really better. Now I'm better. He was adjusting. By the way, I did something I didn't even know was possible. I just had a bank shot with gum into the, I mean, the, the physics of that to make that happen are pretty wild you've also done there's a there is a snafu in here it appears like there is some fresh relatively fresh food residue well in I had this lunch one in here there's a rib bone in there yeah there's a rib bone we had a rib bone today now i feel like i'm having a rib bone you're welcome <laughs> i don't think he was saying thank you <laughs> there is a law though on like communal uh like you can't put fish at a communal no garbage way. no way that's got to go never down the road that way down the road somewhere that's yeah. got or at least in that area yeah, Gibby that has to work today. You're not used to that without Stevie. Stevie, after yeah, I yesterday, don't, I don't, said I don't the rest do, of the time you're just chilling around, work. bossing him around, palling out with your friends at camp. Now you actually really have to work. No Stevie. After Stevie's palling performance yesterday. Your, all your people. You I, got your people. What people? Several. Many what, people. Several. You are world? so damn popular. The J-Bob fan club. The J-Bob fan club is long and distinguished. It is. J-Bob Nation. Yeah. follow up there. <laughs> um glenn cook is going to be speaking here momentarily is that I, what we're led I'm to believe at some point case? oh baby um i'm doing go you got notes i just have one thing that i want to bring attention to because please i think it's it'll be fun for for gibbe to have this so here we're oh, man there's been so many tweets since i've been here it's been a long time let me see um so basically sheldon not richardson he says, I have a question for Nathan's girl that might finally. This is Sheldon Richardson, former Brown. No, Sheldon, not Richardson. This is just a guy on This Twitter. is not Sheldon Richardson. No, okay, Sheldon, not Richardson. Continue. I just want to make sure I have my yeah. pen ready to take notes. He said, I finally have a question for Nathan's girl that might finally once and for all put this higher, lower, better, or worse nonsense to bed. Would a first round draft pick be considered a higher pick or a lower pick than like a seventh round draft pick? And then he says, you're welcome, <laughs> Gibbe. <laughs> Why haven't you come with that? All these years. That's By the a, way. That's, it's good out of it's him. It's good. But it's if good. It, here's the other way. What I would flip around and say sure. is, I don't know. <laughs> but I do know a first-round pick is better, better than a seventh-round pick. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no possible confusion in the market. There's no confusion in the better or worse difference between higher or lower. But that is a good, that's a very good rebuttal a good to rebuttal. the beef. of is that It is understood that it is opposite. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Sheldon. Not Sheldon. Good job out of you. Just trying to keep my head on a swivel today. How many quarterbacks do we have 20. out there? Josh Rosen's back? Yeah. Yep. So the practice squad is now at 14. Uh, Isaac Rochelle comes back. Josh Rosen comes back. And then really, I mean, this it's almost comedy. Within like 10 minutes of us going off the air, I got the email. 307. I knew it was within 10 minutes. I knew it was close. Within 10 minutes of us going off the air yesterday, we got the full practice squad. Dakota Allen, Dalen Baldwin, Miller Forrestall, Mike Harley, Brock Huffman, Sean Jolly, John Kelly, Herb Miller, Zaire Mitchell-Payden, uh, David Moore, Roderick Perry, and Alex Taylor 
all on the practice squad. In addition to that, Isaac Rochelle and Josh Rosen back today. Yeah, and David Moore, by the way, moving from offensive guard to defensive tackle. Yeah, that's fun. That is. That no was pressure. very, very notable. Um, why do we have so many quarterbacks? My guess is Rosen's here in the event that there was an immediate injury to, let's say, Dobbs or Brissett. He's been in the offense. He knows so the he offense, so he in. could step in, whereas Kellen Mond, they've got to get him acclimated to the process. Get him ready. Yeah, that's why. That makes a lot of sense. And, and by the way, I think Mond is at this point, I think everybody would agree, he is somewhat of a project. This is a third-round pick who was – Good, never exceptional in college, who was bounced out of his organization in one year. Yeah. Now, they wanted to bring him back to the practice squad, mm -hmm. but if you wanted him in your program, you, want him that you, bad. Don't, you don't expose him. Yeah. And now he's a Brown. Yeah, it's it's a project thing. Uh, Coach Stefanski, he spoke about that yesterday afternoon, didn't he? Again, after we were off air, he spoke about uh, Mond and, you know, kind of the idea of him. Wasn't that yesterday afternoon? Yeah. yeah. About him, you know, that look, that there was, there's a potential, it's a project there, that there's a potential for value and could be developed long-term as a backup or, or maybe even something else as an asset going forward. Um, I there was a thing going around with Chris Sims saying that he had him rated ahead of Justin Fields yeah. coming out of college. He but sometimes Chris does that stuff just to be garner some attention. The quarterback coach of your Cleveland Browns, Mr. There he Drew Petzing. There he by. is. That's the white shirt I want right there. That's a nice one. That's a, I bet we can. That I, white T-shirt right there. I, we, we shouted Mellon out, and maybe he can help us. Well, we shout him out here, all the you time. You came up here yesterday with new stuff for you. I didn't. No. No, him. him. Yeah, he's the franchise. I mean, no. He's the franchise. So that's that's how that Could goes. Could help out the fam a little bit. Yeah. How about a kickback? I don't I don't mind. <laughs> I, I like you getting all of yours. <laughs> he, he does all of it. He does deserve it. He deserves all of his. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think you ought to look at it as a form of compensation. Hoodies smart i mean so i'd look at it yeah like that's you know i mean that's the way i would look at it like I'm very appreciative of this and I'll take i am hoodies. appreciative of that i'll hoodie. take more hoodies and in fact yeah i put a on suit. The, i've got Maybe a, a suit or two in the future couple blazers sure i'd love do you a, need to wear a blazer on a radio i do i know you do but do you need to probably not but i'm still doing pre-game tv and post-game video oh okay so yeah you so still to. want to and yeah. i i mean jim's always in a blazer and is I, he yeah he he's got a tie usually. what do most of the guys wear like to do the not. nfl game i was gonna say not most Boy. of college guys are don't they wear so, polos or polos or they look like dressed like coaches stunningly dressed out yeah yeah a lot of them yeah. were dressed like coaches is yes. what i notice in college a lot of the radio yeah. guys um yeah i'd like what do you guys think about what do you think about a maroon i'm i'm really into a the idea of a maroon blazer well here's the problem i want a maroon suit but I'm not Here's the problem. There. It's going to clash with this. Well, I'm not going to wear it in here. You're going to look like you're going to Virginia Tech. I'm not going to wear so it you're in not, here. Oh, you mean like in social outings? Like no, I mean in Ms. the K booth. Gallivant around town, you're going to want to wear the Like room? in a road game booth. I don't think so. I think you're still going to – it's going to clash with the orange. You're Where am I going to have orange? Tech. Well, everything is going to be orange in the background. Not like, on a road booth. I'm going to be on the road. I'm talking about on the road. Is road. there another color that I could co-sign that would be – Maroon's a beautiful color. I know it is. You have that jumpsuit in maroon that Miss K yeah, got it's you. Great. It's gorgeous. I've mean, seen it's you unreal. in. It really is. And especially when I wear it as one as a full, as a full onesie. suit. It's outrageous. It's so good. So great. Tony Soprano would be all over. He it. would. He would you look, look like Walnuts. Walnuts. Yeah, they'd for sure. Oh, yeah, love it. Hustling after the Range Rover because oh, somebody carjacked you. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I I would definitely if if you are insistent, I would definitely say 
that I would go with a, a sport coat situation, blazer, sure, more sure. than the suit. I sure. think the suit could come off a little a night at the Roxbury. The suits, it could be intense. It yeah, could be sure. a lot going on. Whereas I a think lot. like a maroon blazer, even with a, if you could do some sort of a, uh, maybe a brown in it, you know, maybe a yeah. window pane or sure, something sure, with sure. brown and, huh? Now when we wear, maybe we're wearing a brown trouser. Okay. With it. Yeah. Now we're talking. Now you're in a world. I like the pair idea that. Though. I mean, I think you in a full maroon getup, you could pull it off. You certainly have the panache. I just worry about that. That's a little bit night at the rocks. I'd like a. Mar I'd like to wear a black, a black pant, a black Lulu pant, with a maroon blazer over the top of it. I think that's that would be appropriate too. I think that you it. see people do that for tuxes sometimes. Yeah. Wear a black sure. pant with a like a sure. navy blue or yeah. a maroon. And maybe even a velvet. Who a knows? velvet. Who's the nice velour? What is that? Wrap myself. Can I talk about something that's happened to me this morning yeah. that I'm like kind of upset about? Please. God, does it involve me? Nope. Okay. I love that. you, bro. Well, grab your phone right now. Go to your go to Instagram, and then try to find me. I got <clears throat> wiped, bro. What are you talking about? What? Something happened in the middle of the night. I had all these messages from Facebook and Instagram, Someone and I got hacked. And so then they locked and banned my account. And then I've tried to get it back. Oh my um, God! No posts. It's gone. It's gone. I mean, that's you. Yeah, they wiped me. But there's me. no posts. There's nothing. nothing. I can't even log in. And when I put it in, it'll say, like, username. My username, no users found. I had to go through this thing. I had to give them all this on the Instagram app. So I know it wasn't Honestly, like this a is gonna, app. you're going to benefit from this, I think. I think you're going to I fun. stay in touch with, like, a lot of people through that, though, when they send me funny posts and whatnot, you know? That's wild. So there, my hunch is you'll get it all back. What know, is your we'll publicist going to do? Shut it's it down. Kidding. She's still. Oh she's, my God. She's she a tremendous documentarian. But she's she's still fine. But what if she's not? If she's shrapnel from your takedown. That'd be awful. And then she loses. We can't do that. Those Whoa. are tons of Boy, memories. Boy, your weekend just got a little dicey. I think she's fine. The crazy thing is people are still sending me messages and it keeps showing up like I have oh, three, email? but then I go to, no, like oh, even. So you're getting the notifications? Yeah, like if you look like on my Instagram, it's got three, but I can't, I can't log in. It says I, my user doesn't, none of it exists. So now Jeez. I send a message to Instagram and they're not, I don't think they care. Well, no, I followed all of their a lot of problems. I followed all their have procedures. You, have you been noticing that? I've been noticing that, that there's been a lot of hacking on that a lot of people trying to log in yeah on my social accounts in the last month a yes ton of them. why i'm getting it especially on the meta which is the yes facebook that's what just happened so they shut my facebook down but then my yeah. facebook they've given me back because i had to go yeah. through all so these that, things that's and, what i'm noticing is that they must be ripe for being picked apart i haven't seen it with twitter but i noticed on the instagram facebook connected like i've been and been i even had attempted logins i even had on those you know like after you know you have to change your stuff every now and then yeah and then like sometimes you'll just be like your password's too similar to ones that you use the past. Oh, and you're God. like, oh, my, give me a break, okay? Yeah, give me a break. So then sometimes it'll be like, you know, Apple say, use this ridiculous password that's 38,000 yeah. characters. So, like, I even had that on there because I finally was like, whatever. Fine. And then once it saves into my thing, who cares? It's in my Yeah, but like, you're done for if you ever are. No clue. Then you're lost. lost. you got to start the whole process over again, right. which is yeah. a disaster. I have, I had for the longest time had two or three passwords that I just wrote Same. I have, through yeah, yeah. like in a, me too. in the last year I've had to add a third. I'm not crazy about it, but I've had to add a third that I now have to get in the mix. And so I feel like I usually know all of my, and I've got a lot, 
with the kids stuff. Dude, there's too much stuff. It's too much, man. It's too much passwords. It's a killer. I mean, look at what about that look? If I trot that bad boy out there, come on. Somebody do the black <laughs> pant. Do the black pant. <laughs> With the turtleneck. Come on, turtleneck. Oh, God. Miz wears turtlenecks. You know, you know who'd wear a turtleneck. And it's Christmas so ridiculous. B. Albright. Yeah, you're right. B. Albright would wear that. Miz will wear a turtleneck. He's not afraid of a turtleneck. It's funny. There was a guy on ESPN a few years ago who was so committed to that act. Danny Cannell. Uh, he would wear the turtlenecks oh, always. Danny. No matter what, he would, he would rock those turtlenecks. Yeah. And have that roll on a little bit. Oh, that's good. That is good. All right, so we will have Glenn Cook at some point. We'll probably run that later in the program, don't you think? Uh, I mean, if is it in play? He is where are we slated at? to come to the podium. The media is outside in the, in the hot waiting. sun, sweating away, waiting. It's not too bad. It, it's like eighty, it's right? Not so too bad. That's not great. Like today, I was setting up. Young Connor's living his best life, doing pit or Stevie. partying at pit no, Stevie's, in West Virginia. I don't think you have that right. I think Stevie, after yesterday's. It was a debacle. abysmal performance. Is yeah. doing some soul searching, and and he's going to go. Yeah, I hope so. If he yeah. sees the wolf, the coyote, maybe he comes back. Otherwise, maybe we don't see Stevie yeah. again. He needs to go howl at the moon and sort things okay. out. Good yeah. luck. I'm sure he's living his best life today. He's probably about eight beers in. He needs, he's not eight beers in right now. He needs a. Tree. They don't play till seven. He needs a field. Number one. That's he your needs fault. a tree. He needs peyote, and yep. he needs to find his yep. true purpose as wrong. a part of this program. Yeah, because yesterday. Wrong. Yesterday, so yesterday's performance, the, the actual punishment for that performance should have been a firing squad. I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem it's with it. It's a little rough. Well, Appropriate. So was Texas Tech in the SEC, buddy. <laughs> and not knowing it's first Friday. I, I'm aware. I mean, it's come on. Alert, it's, no, on we do the it's show. Process. It's every day at one. I know. You know. <laughs> we, I know. That's how it goes. You can't escape um, it. You know, we, we will take him live at some point here between <laughs> now and 2 o'clock. All right. Well, whenever that happens, we look forward to that. I don't know if that was better or Connor Freeland, but they're both pretty good. They're both very – Connor Freeland was Ball's very, not very good. Spike well, itself. No, 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 no. It's a mailbag Thursday edition. Tweet your questions. Bring it. <clears throat> At Browns underscore daily. Use the hashtag AskCBD. Heal. <clears throat> yeah. I just – I swallowed down the wrong – Because we don't have yeah, Connor don't to give us water. So I don't, I don't have see water. water here. There's no water. Plus, I'm wounded. I slammed my Achilles you in are my wounded. car door. <laughs> bleeding. You would like, to get in here. If you were in the not great. If you were in like the Saharan desert, you know, you'd be attracting predators. There's no question. Yeah, yeah if you were on a safari right I now. Need, all of a sudden, I could use a hyenas would be gathering of, around. There's no jackals. I mean, it jackals. Bl- probably blends in with the orange carpet. I don't know how much stain you can actually get if you bleed on it. Well, it turns out there are a few stains on the carpet over on that side. Yeah, Which, well, boy, there really are. I don't know who's responsible. What for is that. all that drop? It's I like, don't know. It looks like somebody eating. Segura eating because it looks like it looks like somebody spilled a cup of hot chocolate. It does quite look like frankly. hot chocolate or wine. And I don't drink hot chocolate. Yeah, and I don't drink too. wine here. No, but uh, look at we should start. Look, they're all hey, enjoy the team gonna go run them. Where are they going? Yeah, gonna team go just have day. fun. Escape rooms. What are they really doing? That. that. <laughs> they are. Yeah. They're going to an escape room. Not us. Have you guys ever done that? I have, but the kids, we did that. Uh, oh, that's right. It was awesome. Was it great? So fun. Okay. It was so Jealous. fun. There's a great one uh, right down 91 from you, right next to the bowling alley in Solon. Okay. There's, it's awesome. There's like eight rooms. It was really fun. Okay. All right. We had a great time. Um, you mentioned Freeland. Uh, Speaking up. Baker had to address this, so he was available yesterday. Um, this was a wild story. So she says the interaction takes place. In a preseason game, 
she goes on a podcast and says what she says that he said. In the meantime, not only did our coach get asked about it, but Miles got asked about it. And she did like a media tour to clear up her own words on it. Okay? Boy, that's all of that before Baker Mayfield spoke, which was yesterday. Which is funny that Baker Mayfield spoke on a week that there's nothing going on. We don't have anything till next week. Well, this is what this is probably why he did is like I wanna I'm gonna talk, I wanna get I wanna put that put an end to this. So here is Baker on the reported comments from Cynthia Freeland. Well, first, I didn't say it. Um, obviously, I mean, everybody's going to write whatever story they want. There's history that I played there the last four years. Uh, I'm an extremely competitive person. Uh, everybody knows that. If I wasn't wanting to win, then there would be a, a really big issue uh, of me being the quarterback here. So um, I want to win in everything I do. That's That'll never change. No, and it's, again, like, of, of course he would have that sentiment. That's absolutely. So then... Um, he's pressed on it and asked about Freeland's comments specifically. Here's what he had to say with that. That is not how I phrased it. That's not even what I said. So that, that's, I'll just leave it at that. How did you phrase it, if you don't mind? I, I didn't even say anything. I said, did you I hope, talk yeah. to her at all? Or? No, I talked to her. I mean, I think she addressed it. She said it. Um, obviously, you guys can go back and look at what she said. Um, but all I did was agree. You know, I hope we win. <laughs> it's pretty plain and simple. Competitive, I want to win. Um, and I don't, I don't think that should be uh, – Harped on. All right, couple things on this. How did you phrase it? He didn't answer. Well, first of all, it's a private conversation. Sure. How he phrased a private conversation not that was shared business. publicly is not relevant. It's sure. not germane to this situation. Number two, the the of course he would agree with it. Number three, this all falls at Cynthia Freeland's feet. Oh yeah, because she took an off the record conversation, off the cuff commentary back and forth and went public and i think she probably knows it which is why she tried to cover it up yesterday she shouldn't i mean obviously she never the, no going back on she's gonna wish maybe i just shouldn't have said anything the thing that's unfortunate for her is that again i go back to it she obviously had told that story to people not for public clearly and then they were on the podcast hey why don't you tell us that again mm-hmm. which they shouldn't have done either valid that shouldn't have been brought up. But she up. should know well enough to say, say hey, ah, that, nah, nah, nah. We're, not, we're not doing that. We're not going to do that here. We're not doing that. Yeah. And look, of course it sounds like something he would have said. He probably did say something similar to that, if not that. And so what? So what? So what? Of course he should say that. So what? Everybody feels that way. Everybody on both sides of this game. This, is a, this game's got a lot of juice to it. Okay? Yeah. I think the thing that's unfortunate, and one of the reasons, you know, and I'm sure he had to talk to his head coach and he probably had to talk to the GM and he, mm-hmm. talked, he had to go through that whole rigmarole. Did you say this? Which is what did you do? Exactly. Oh one of the reasons why that, you know, Baker, Baker, Baker Mayfield experience often comes with more than just football. And mm-hmm. so this is the first example of that in Carolina. And, and in this case, I will say, I don't think it was his fault. No, I don't, I don't think number one, if he did say what is being reported, he said, I have no problem with it. I don't think anybody here would have any problem with it. I don't think anybody would have any offense with it. Like that's what he should say. That's his job. Number one, it's his job. Number two, there is some personal animus, regardless mm-hmm. of if it was the right thing. All of the th- see, I go back to the thing that if we lack. You know, I feel like in many areas in today's society, we lack nuance in our discussion. Mm-hmm. It is either A or it is B. Mm-hmm. I'm going to posit that it is both A and B. 
Baker Mayfield is the best quarterback that we have had since Bernie Kosar. Baker Mayfield was the man of character in the sense that he was able to lift a sagging franchise, bring it to heights it had not seen in a quarter century. Mm -hmm. That can be true. And it can also be true that the Browns still needed to upgrade their quarterback position to be a Super Bowl contender perennially. Yep. Those things are both true. And so for Baker... It would be hurtful to know that the team that drafts you number one overall doesn't view you as that guy. And then to find out, guess what? Nobody in the NFL does either. So I need to prove it to everybody that I am that guy again. I, I think his emotions valid if he said that. On brand, valid. Like it. I actually like that. Mm -hmm. That is Baker. Baker's not going to be like, well, it's going to be a fun game. And, you know, no. whoever wins, wins. No, that's not what it's about. And guess what? These guys are athletes, they're competitors. They all feel that way. Yeah, We want to go and take it to the Carolina Panthers in the parlance of our times, and they want to take it to us. That's the NFL. That's week one, and this one has some personal feelings to it on both sides. So, yeah, fun, good. Shouldn't even have had to comment on it. Should never have gone public, and it also shouldn't be a big deal even if it did go public. Like, so what? No big deal. No big deal. Did you guys see – are you guys aware of – Aaron Donald's first public comments on the two helmets in each hand. No, and I'd love to hear. Nice little PR gaff. Have you heard the audio of this? Yeah, I can. Get so it he's too. selling. He's he apparently he's selling something called Doctor Teals. He's an endorser for them. Okay. They do like Epsom salts and like bath products, right? Okay. So he's doing this. So somehow he ends up on a, a guy a Zach Gelb show. Now I don't know. I've never heard of it. Guy, I guess he does CBS radio okay. at nights or something nationally. Um, so he's on this show. And this host is asking him about the incident. Several asked him. At some point, a PR person from the Rams jumps in. We're live on the air and says, Zach, we're here to talk about Dr. Teal's not that you you have two minutes left in the interview and please get to your final question and zach goes now on air the pr person says this okay so so then zach goes well act one then he asks one more and then aaron donald goes i'm 31 and because of dr teal's blah 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 you know i'm healthy and he doesn't answer the question so among the questions i have and maybe we should play it in the second hour because it's pretty wild it's about 50 seconds yeah it's crazy so one how is the first time that Aaron Donald talks after that not with Jake Glazer, let's say, or someone of that ilk? How would that not be the first thing? Like, why my are you guess doing? Is they don't local... want him talking at all. Of course they don't. Right. Of course they don't. But if they do, you'd want it to be with somebody like Glazer or somebody like that, not you sure. know on a Wednesday evening on CBS Sports Radio. Sure. Number two, if you are going to have him do that and you're the PR person, you have to know that that's a live interview and you can't jump into it regardless of how far it's going off the rails. Yeah. Was he, I wonder if he was doing like the famous cow calls where it's like, of course he was one. And then you, of go course right he was, next. of course he was. I, I yeah. have had PR people step in and go two minutes left guys. Yeah. They no, no, that's fine. We all understand the gimmick. We're all, we've all been in this a long time. We get to ask four or five legitimate questions, and then we get a pump. What happened last week during yeah. practices? Because we all saw the video. Oh, here you go. Yeah, I, I found the clip here. So all right, go ahead. Got it, Nick. Go ahead. Yep. Play it, Nick. What happened last week in joint practices? Because we all saw the video of you swinging helmets, and people were wondering uh, what was going on there. 
Um, it was just a practice, you know. Obviously, people got phones out and things like that, but I, I don't, I'm, I'm not gonna sit and talk about negative stuff that happened at a practice. My main focus is Buffalo. So, was there any internal punishment? We talked. We talked. So, were you thinking maybe you were gonna get suspended or anything? Hey, Zach. Was not worried about it? So. Yeah, we're just going to focus um, just here because Aaron's here today to talk about Dr. Teals. So you do have two minutes left if you want to pivot to your last question, please. No, Okay, just one more thing, Aaron, on this, and I'll get to Dr. Teals. Um, like, what sparked it, just wondering? Because I think people are curious about it. Well, being a guy that's 31 years old, my main focus is football, obviously. Um, the physical part, you, you do, but... It's more about the recovery things that I need to do and, and being a partner with Dr. Teals and be able to use Dr. Teals twice or three times a week to help my body recover. All right, so that's from the Zach Gelb show last night. We're just going to focus on – who do you think you are? <laughs> Dr. We're Teals. just going to focus? Listen, you blew it already by putting him on radio. Yeah. He's got enough social followers. You think Dr. Teals even wants him doing the rounds? On this, like you don't think this the, hot? You don't think the next person that interviews him is going to do the same thing? Of course, he's, he's not going to talk again. No, he's not going to talk again. He's got enough social media followers. Doesn't even need to do it. They like, will. Who put him in the position? Only person that wins in this is the this is Zach Gelb, Gelb. guy. That's yeah. it. Yeah, he's going to talk to somebody in advance of the Thursday night football in a wink wink deal with the network where you sit down and you ask him, and so mm -hmm. he gets to say what he wants to say, which is fine. That's the way the business yeah. works. Yeah. That's what it will be. So that'll probably be with Maria Taylor. Yeah. Right? Because they have the first game. Who has the first game? Sunday. Doesn't NBC? Sunday night, yeah. I think it's Sunday night football crew. Or maybe I'll sit down with... It was a Who's on that it's... now? Tariko hosts. I think it'd be Maria Taylor. Would be my guess. Yeah. There's, like We're just 40, there's focus... 40 people hosting that show. Come on. I think it should be... A, I think it's time for him to do a sit down with Jack. <laughs> well, Jack could handle it. He'd be excited. Pumped. Be all sorts of jacked for that. Ronnie Harrison be like, not, not pleased, nonplussed, if Let, you will. Let's yeah. see. Tariko, Collinsworth, Melissa Stark, oh, Stark, Maria Taylor, Tony Dungy, Jason Garrett, Chris Sims, Rodney Harrison, Matthew Berry, Sam Flood. All right, if we're going to do odds on who's going to do it, let me throw a few shekels on Tony Dungy plus 4,000. I like that. Mr. Rehab. Yeah. How about Melissa Stark? Remember, she was on Monday Night Football for a time. Yeah, sure was. And now back in the mix. Uh, all right, you'll hear from uh, Glenn Cook at some point during sure. the program. Ethan Posick uh, goes one-on-one -on -one with Z. We will have that coming up in the program as well. We'll go around the league. Russell Wilson got compensated very, very well. Greg Newsom on the program today as well. And as we mentioned, it is a mailbag Thursday. Tweet us your questions at Browns underscore daily using the hashtag AskCBD. We're off and running. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. All right, let's head straight to the podium. Here's our Glenn Cook. Yeah, I mean, I think he's. we've seen it all at camp. Jacoby's just really poised. He's really under control. He's come in pretty quickly and, and grasped the offense really well. So I think you'll see a lot of things you've seen throughout camp where, you know, he's going he's gonna to be steady, not be up or down, no matter how we're playing on offense. And I think he'll do well for us. I saw a stat that said you guys had the second youngest roster in the league. How much would you say that's by design? I mean, I can't say it's by design, but it's kind of been consistent for us throughout uh, the years that I've been here. Um, you know, that's just kind of how it's played out. I wouldn't say it's completely intentional. Does it seem at all counterproductive when 
feels like the roster is built to win now that there's so many um, guys that are relatively inexperienced? No, I think that's just a part of building teams. You know, uh, there's there's turnover every year. Oftentimes, the people you're replacing them with are, young, are younger individuals, and that's just that's just a part of it. You know, there'll be uncertainty. That's why we have to trust the process, and I believe that the you know we're not we're not focused on week one. You know, we want to make sure we're hitting our stride. Um, you know, midseason and towards that, and so we feel good about where we are. Like, well, yeah, yeah, we have a lot of quarterbacks, and, and they all are big. Uh -huh. For the most part, they're all athletic. They're a lot different than previous. When was that decision made to seek that out in your quarterback? I wish it was intentional. You know, I wish it was on purpose. I think it's kind of played out that way. Um, each situation was unique in terms of how they came available and, and the timing and when we signed them. I'd say Jacoby is not as athletic as some of the other guys, but yeah, I think Mond is, you know, we just acquired him. He's athletic. Um, and then obviously uh, Josh, like he's, he's done a great job throughout camp. So I wouldn't say it's completely intentional though, in terms of philosophical change. It's just kind of how it's played out. Glenn, can you explain a little bit about the philosophy of using, you know, the 53, the space on the 53 for Kellen, and then the next day bringing in Josh and just kind of how it is set up right now. What's sort of the thinking? I mean, just keeping as many good players as we can. Um, you know, we, we were fond of Kellen from afar throughout the draft process and to have an opportunity to get a, a young player in who we still see some development runway for and work with him and, and, you know, see what he can do for us and how he develops. And we like what Josh did, did in camp. Um, and so we're glad to have him back too. What's well, going into keeping only two tight ends? Yeah, I, it's still fluid, you know, like that's kind of how it played out. I think AB would say you want to keep the best 53. Um, and so we're still, I'd say it's not, not firm. The roster's going to change, you know, throughout the season. So that's kind of where we are right now, but it's not. Mond was uh, drafted in the third round. Was he on your draft board radar? Yeah, I mean, he was on the draft board. Yeah, won't, won't say specifically where he was, but we liked him. I think you, you'll see it. He's got a strong arm. Um, he can make all the throws. He's an athletic young man. So um, we like the, the talent and, and what we saw of him at Texas A&M. You know, we're gonna we're gonna just give him his opportunity to grow and develop here. Back to the tight ends. You know, when Kevin was hired, one of the first things he talked about was using using a lot of tight ends and the fullback. And just the way things shook out, no fullback, only two active tight ends. Is there a a shift in uh, philosophy, or is it just how things just happen to? Probably more the latter. I'd say it's just how we're constructed right now. Yeah, I would. I would not look at the, the 53 as, and it, it won't be regardless. You, you'll have injuries, things will come up. So this won't be our final snapshot of, of who's on the roster. So it's kind of just where we are right now. Can you guys say your names too, just to help me? That's my bad. Yeah. Receiving core has been something that a lot of people outside the building have talked about. Where do you feel like it is right now? And where do you feel like you still need work there in that room? I kind of used the term earlier. We're young, they are unproven, but that's that's a part of it, you know? Like, we're trusting our process and what we saw in their abilities for each player when they came out. Um, we're gonna give them their opportunities to, to grow. These guys come at come along at different points in the season, different points of their career, so whoever steps up and is ready to go, I think we have faith in them, um, and Coach has faith in them, so we'll, we'll, we'll be good there. It's one thing to have faith in these, in these young receivers, mm -hmm. but can you, when you're in the, the way the team seems to be built, it's like ready to win now. So how do you balance the win now with incorporating so many young players that are unproven at such a critical position within the offense? Yeah, I think the way we balance it is just focus on the Panthers. 
Um, that's the game we need to win right now. So, I, and I think all those guys will be ready to contribute if we need them to. Well, and Ashley Bastock from Cleveland.com, um, we talked to Chase earlier, but I guess when you have a guy like that who's new, whether it's you know, a guy who traded for a free agent, a rookie who spends a lot of preseason injured, I guess how difficult does that make to evaluate them then? Uh, I mean, you know, Chase has, has a little bit of experience in the league, so we 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 never want to overweight the preseason to overweight preseason games. Um, we saw him, we saw what he could do early in camp. We like where he is and what what he'll do for the defense. But you know I think it's a part of just just the process, right? Guys get hurt, you kind of have to trust the evaluation, trust what you saw when you did get an opportunity to see him and, and go from there. You talked about the uh, the receiving core being unproven for a large part. You also talked about hitting your stride later on in the season. Do you feel like this is a receiving core that would look differently you know, week ten, week eleven than it does? Maybe? I, th- I think it can, you know, we'll see. Um, I think uh, I think I watched another coach talk and speak about this, but you, you start to figure out who you are as, of course, the season goes on. Some of the things you do well, things you maybe don't do well, and I think coach, coach will and the staff will adjust as we need to. So, um, you know, I, th- I think we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll see. Hey, go ahead. Scott Patrick, you guys haven't waived a draft pick in the last three years. Mm-hmm. Um, like, how difficult is it when, obviously, you like the guys, that's why you picked them, but also not wanting to kind of bias yourself. Just because you picked them doesn't mean they're going to necessarily work out. Yeah, we all face bias. Yeah, I think that's just a part of being human. Um, for us, it's really trusting what we see every day, but also giving them an opportunity to, to develop. You know, that's, that's what we believe in here. Give our guys time to develop, um, to hit their maturity um, and then see who they are. So I wouldn't say that's the reason we kept every single player, you know, they performed, and we think they earned it also. Um, but you do want to give your players an opportunity to grow in your system, understand what you do, and, and go out and perform. Is that especially true when you draft guys as young as you guys do? Like, I mean, Anthony Schwartz isn't even 22 yet, right? Like, Does that go into the equation that you like to guide? Yeah, I, I think you. it's part of it, but you also just take it on a case-by-case basis. They all, every individual comes in at a different point, right? So, you know, you, you, you need to craft it and curtail it to who they are and, and, and go from there. Glenn, but, would you say, I have two quick questions. Um, one is, do you know if Quasi was planning on trying to put Kellen back on their practice squad? So I'll start with that one real quick. And, and I, don't, that, I don't know. So yeah. you don't know, and that wasn't really a, an issue for you guys? You know? I wasn't going to call. I mean, we weren't going to call him <laughs> and say, hey, this yeah. is what we're doing. I wasn't sure if there's some kind of discussion that yeah. happens there, if there's no. a professional courtesy or anything that goes on. Um, and then the other thing is, with Anthony Schwartz, what gives you guys the confidence that uh, – you know, that he'll be able to bounce back, and what do you continue to see in him that says, hey, we got to stick with this guy? I think Amari said it really well. I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before. It's just his work, you know. Um, I think all of us hit a, hit a point, and whether it's our career as players, where you just maybe have a few struggles. But, you know, he's not bad in an eye. He comes out every day. He puts in extra work. You see him, um, you know, catching a ton of balls, running routes. You've seen his progression. So I think the confidence that Amari has, who's in the room with him every day, and, and, and run the routes and, and, and the drills with them every day, we maintain the same level. So I have one more question on uh, Chase. What did you see from him in New England that made you want to make that trade? Yeah, you know, it was a, a combination of, you know, his college work as well as in New England, but it's just his, you know, his ability to rush the passer. Um, you know, you want to value, value that as highly as you can. And when you have an opportunity to, to acquire a player who can, who can get after the quarterback, you do it. Do you recognize him without a hold on here? Uh, he looks different. He looks different. But uh, when you guys signed Dobb, what did you rely on? What scouting report? Because there's nothing from the Steelers' days that is impressive. Did you, 
she went to preseason or what? Yeah, I, th I think it's, you know, you, you use the college work as a foundation. Um, you know, he was productive in college. And honestly, I, I can't say we knew with the certainty that he would come in and perform with this way. But from the spring until to now, he's taken a hold of the reins and really just gotten better every day. So um, credit to him, you know, honestly, for coming in and, and doing so well. Um, I would say surprise. I, I, I just think his ability to run the offense, number one, I think he's very sneaky in terms of an athlete because I wouldn't say it's like twitchy or super fast, but he runs away from people. He controls the pocket with his athleticism. And then, I mean, he's he's been really productive and, and consistent as a passer. So he's done he's done well, you know, and we're really happy with him. Do you feel that, um, do you guys feel really confident? I mean, I know everybody's excited about what Josh was able to do throughout the offseason and preseason, but do you feel really good about going into the season with him as your number two and not a more experienced Yeah, I think coach, coach said it pretty firmly for a reason. Yeah, he's our number two, so we feel good. Feel the electricity he brings, like diving for the pylon. Yeah, and that's maybe that's something you you didn't necessarily get a chance to see. Um, he's he's so smart and so quiet sometimes that that passion doesn't show in our daily interaction. But that's fun, to, definitely fun to watch. Is there enough experience in the D tackle? Jordan has started really at all, and then you know Tommy didn't play much. Yeah, I mean, Jordan had a great offseason. Um, I think Miles said it, really excited about um, where he's at. And hopefully what I spoke about earlier, just in terms of hitting the stride, you know, your third and fourth year, hopefully he kind of makes that true for us because he's, he's done a really good job of getting ready to play a lot of ball this season. And, and you know, like I said, the rest of the group, they'll come along. We feel good about where they are. The rookies as, as a whole, it seemed like they were some of the best performers during the preseason. Obviously, they got a lot more opportunities than the games themselves. But... You like exactly where they are. Where do you feel like they're maybe a step maybe further ahead than maybe you thought they would be? Yeah, you never know. You know, you, you put faith in, in the process. I keep saying that, but really put faith in the work that you do from right now with our scouts out in the fall um, all the way through the spring. But to see it come to fruition sometime sooner than, than later is, is good. But, but we haven't played a game yet. You know, like they've showed potential. Um, but potential doesn't win you games. So we are excited about where they are, but we want to see it on Sundays too. So the only other claim you put in was for a tight end, according to mm -hmm. um, Was it frustrating that there weren't receivers worthy of putting claims in? No, no. I mean, we, you know, our, our group did a good job of just being prepared for whoever was available. Um, and we target, you know, we, we target what's in the market and, and what we think fits our team and who will help us win on Sundays. and. You know, after that, we just keep doing it. We'll keep doing it all year, every week. Who's the softball champion? Withers. Withers is. Hold this guy. Hold, please. Um, Withers is a softball champion? That's real? Yeah, that's real. That's incredible. Yeah, I incredible think there was a stuff. couple people. I think there was a couple of them, but I know I'm, I'm pretty sure involved. I have it right as Withers, and if not, shout out Withers. All right. Uh, that was Glenn Cook at the podium. Uh, we'll react to that. Go around the league. It's coming up next. You'll listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland.
Both are my friends at Renew Home Exteriors, offering high-performance products that are durable, long-lasting, cost, and energy-saving to transform the look and efficiency of your home. Don't go into this winter. Oh, boy, it's coming. You don't want concerns about your roof. With Renew Home Exteriors, get a new roof installed in about 7 to 10 days. No money down. Payments as low as 96 bucks a month. Plus, receive free gutter guards with your roof purchase. Beautify your home with premium siding and roofing products at lower prices with Renew Home Exteriors. Visit RenewEstimate.com. What did you um, What did you make of this Russell Wilson deal? It's now two hundred ninety six million. They're on the hook for in Denver. Nice first contract for the new ownership. Yeah, and he's going to be there through now. What being forty? I think he certainly has the capacity and ability to play to at least forty. I agree. Um, I think he probably will play out that deal unless he doesn't want to. And and will he play out this deal as it is? No, because in four years from now or with the way the salary cap is going to only go up and up and the way that the money is going to continue to pour into the NFL, he's probably going to restructure it mm-hmm. and get add in a few more things and get a little bit extra. So uh, it's just, a, look, they made a move. They got their guy. He's their guy. He is cemented as their guy. The end. That's it, what it is. Do you find it interesting that um, you saw the back and forth with Albright this morning where he talked about Seattle wanted to trade him to us for the, for the number one, one overall. Was that the Baker year? Yes. Okay. Um, I wonder what Seattle didn't like about him, that they didn't want to do a contract extension with him. I think he's maybe just a little bit of a unique bird. Must be. I also have a hard time getting my head around that being real. So that would have been in 2018. Russ would have been. And it was just for straight for the number one. Yeah. That's what's being reported. So that's a 29-year-old Russell Wilson for number one overall. I feel like you do that every time out of 100. Look. Every time out of a billion. I mean, Correct. you'd give up three ones to get him. Yeah. So you give up number one, and you still, oh, by the way, had number four. So you would had you would have gotten Russell Wilson and Denzel Ward out of that draft. Correct. That feels like. And Nick Chubb. That feels like it's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I, I have a hard time believing Ben's that it was true. usually on all that. I just wonder if maybe they inquired, or if we inquired. I wonder how that. Why do we say no? I don't get it. I don't either. I don't know that anybody would have at that time. He was still Russ at 29. Everybody knew what he was capable of. All right, so let's go. Let's look up his his 2017 season. Yeah, I was right. I was surprised when I saw in that. In 2017, they go nine and seven. He throws for 4,000 yards, leads the NFL with 34 passing touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Yeah, I think you do um, that all day. Right. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense to me. No. That's the part that I don't get about, that people say that, yeah, this is what it was, and yet. How many knows, How many number ones would it have to be for you to say no? One, four, in the 2019 one? And you'd still probably even Still probably do it, it. Yeah. or have a real conversation about it. Yeah, you had two, He's a known thing, franchise quarterback. You had two early twos, so you could have talked yourself into, okay, we get Russell Wilson, and we have the first and third picks of the second round. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Sold. I mean, he was coming off of, at that point, one, two, three, four, five, five straight winning seasons. In fact, Russell Wilson's only losing season in his career was last year. And that was a weird year for them, wasn't it? Didn't they have a bunch of weird finishes? Yeah. They were better than the— They were better than their record, than but the they record. weren't great. No. And, and they had one—he was already, and by 2000, going into the 18th season, he was a five-time Pro Bowler in six seasons and had been a winning quarterback every year. I just— Number one, I don't understand why they would do that. And number two, I don't understand why – I really don't get why we wouldn't have done it if that's truly all that was being asked. Yeah, it's very, very – doesn't check out. 
Um, it all. It, what what the other thing though is that you just wonder how how do you get to a point where he doesn't want to be in Seattle and they don't want to be the, and they don't want him there necessarily. I don't know. How did they get to that point there with him? Right, because it feels like early on you got it. There was a clear rift between him and the Legion of Boom guys sure. defensively. Yeah, obvious. But once those guys were cleared out, and they were for the last three years, none of those guys have been there. Cam Chancellor's been down for a long time. Yeah. Richard Sherman hasn't been there for a long time. Earl Thomas for a long time. I I don't I don't get it. Very strange. Very very strange. I think it does speak to though why this is going to be this is going to be really tricky for Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. Yep. To try to thread the needle on that. I think it's not our problem, but in our division, it's something to pay attention to because they got to they got to thread that needle. And the Bengals are going to have to do a three hundred million dollar deal for Joe Burrow, and they cannot. They can't. They don't have that liquid to put that in escrow. They can't do that. No. By the way, they should just. And I'm just being honest about it, even though yes, it benefits them. They should get rid of that. This is like this is the NFL. These you make money every year. Like you're going to, be able right. to pay your contracts. <clears throat> you don't need to say, oh well, I, I know for sure we're going to right. pay. Like yeah, you're this going to be able to pay. This ain't our model. No, it's a long time from that. All, yeah, all these guys now. Yeah, all these teams make money. Yeah, you're doing just fine. So, yes. but you're right. They don't. So yep. they've sold, um, they, they've sold the naming rights to the stadium for the first time down there. Um, they've sold the naming rights. They, they're, they're trying doing to an make, indoor. They're trying to get liquid say, money. Have, yeah. It's funny. Indoor. I said a, a guy on from Cincinnati last week and they said, let's just call it what it is. It's the pay Joe Burrow fund. Totally. Like, that's it. We got to come up with a lot of money to sort this out. Listen, if they ask every Bengals fan for 10 bucks, yep. they'd get it. Yes, they would. The yep. bigger question is, you could pay Joe Burrow all the money that you need to, but then you have nothing left for everybody else. I don't There's think it'll a be a cap of... problem for them, Gibby. No, it's it's the escrow, which is, again, they just need to – I don't know why the owners don't just vote to get rid of it. Yeah, I mean, they're going to pay Chase and they're going to pay Burrow. And then the rest of it, you'll sort yourself out. Let's pay T. Higgins, but not like they got to pay Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase will be – way up by the time that thing comes up oh yeah and then burrow burrow and herbert which everyone goes first will reset the market whoever goes second will re-reset the market all right coming up at the top of the hour z goes one-on-one with ethan posick your starting center you have that to look forward to which is nice you'll see cleveland browns daily on 850 espn cleveland cleveland browns daily on 850 espn cleveland There's a new way to cheer on your Cleveland Browns with the help of your favorite four-legged companion, Barking Backers, presented by Milk Bones, the Browns' newest club for pet parents worldwide. Sign up today at BarkingBackers.com. Barking Backers, the fan club for dogs. And now here is Z with starting center Ethan Posick. Here with Browns center Ethan Posick. And Ethan, pleasure to talk to you. Great to meet you, and welcome to the Browns. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, man. Nice to be here. All right, so I was talking with Coach Callahan, and he said you're kind of like the greatest ball of clay. You come in, and it's a different, some different techniques. I think they were explaining to me different techniques. What's it like going? You know, you've played your career, 40 starts there in Seattle. You come here, and it's almost like, yeah, I'm still playing center, but it's it's different. The way they want me to play center is different. What's that like for you as a player? Yeah, so basically, like I just came here to trust coaching and trust you know my teammates and everything and. Uh, so I've just been like as open to learning as I can just you know coming in early and trying to um, 
just learn as much as I can. What's been the biggest, what's the biggest, like maybe technique difference or maybe scheme difference from Seattle? Um, I would just say like a lot of like individual details and stuff. Um, you know, I don't necessarily want to like talk too much about like what we do because other teams and stuff, uh, you know. Sure. Of course. Good. Coach Callen would like that. Good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I would say just like continuing to just work and, you know, it's an everyday thing, you know, because every other team's out there getting better every day. So it's a race to be as good as you can. So I know, you know, you come here, I'm sure you wanted to start from day one. That was not the initial plan, but that allowed you to work the entire offseason with Jacoby Brissett. So you guys now seamlessly move up together as the starters. What's that relationship been like? Because I know it's important, that center quarterback exchange. Yeah, Jacoby's awesome. He's a vet, man, and he's he's super smooth in the huddle, and he's he's very efficient, and, uh, you know, I'm really excited for him. All right, take me inside that room. What's being coming into that room like when you've got, you know, you've got some well-established guys like a Joel Batonio, a Jack Conklin, Wyatt, a young guy who's had a lot of success, Jed, but, you know, you come in as one of the more veteran guys, honestly, in that room along with, like, Joel and Jack. Yeah, but, man, I just come in. This is such a talented room. I just come in, and I'm learning. I'm seeing everything and how – you know, Joel might do something and Wyatt might do something and how maybe I can translate that to my game. So being able to just see and just like hear like Joel talk and like Wyatt talk and Jack and Jed and like, it's a, it's a really talented room, man. Is it nice when you look to your left, you see four-time pro bowler, multiple-time all-pro, you look to your right, you got a two-time all-pro, out the right tackle, two-time all-pro. Does that give you a little comfort when you're in the middle of a line when you can look left or right and know that you've got that much talent around you? Yeah, it's a it's a great room. It really is, and I'm a firm believer in iron sharpens iron, and uh, I think that's the case. All right, so you come here to the Browns. What is your had you heard of Coach Callahan? Was he somebody that in the O line circles I'm sure has a lot of respect? What was kind of your thoughts of him coming in, and then what's it been like getting to work with him? Yeah, so when I was uh, in the pre draft process, he brought me out to Washington, okay. so I got to uh, visit with him and just see the stuff they were doing and. Uh, you know, I've always just heard great things, and I've seen the resume. I've seen the tape um, of when he was in Washington, when he was in when he was here in Cleveland. So, you know, he's he's always had really good players. So, uh, just kind of wanted to just learn, really. So that's why I decided to come here. And then, what's your what are your impressions of Scott Peters, who is an absolute animal? Yeah, he's an animal, man. But uh, very smart, very technical, very detailed, and uh, you know, he teaches a lot too. When you have a guy like Coach Callahan, who's, you know, the master scheme has the question, the answer to every question you could have about offensive line play. And then you have somebody like Coach Peters who teaches you how to stack bone on bone and where your thumb should be for maximum strength and stuff like that. Is that is it some of that stuff new for you? And is that pretty cool to kind of have that combination of, you know, the biomechanical side of it, but then also the technical side of playing line? Yeah, uh, very new. And uh, I'd say they work very well together. So is this the most LSU guys that have ever been on a team you've been on? There's a lot of them. Um, we had a few, we had like four or five in Seattle one time, but we got a lot here too. Uh, I think we got five. Yeah, let's see. You, Grant, Greedy, Jacob, Cade. And in the preseason, we had even more. You had some other guys in there. But, and then, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so probably. Is that cool? Do you, is that like a big deal? Like I know in the past, especially we had Odell and Jarvis were here. So like that was LSU was – there was a lot of talk about LSU around this building. Is that still something that's cool for you, a big, like, LSU guy? Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, just, like, because I, I used to work out there in the off seasons a lot, so just seeing those guys and seeing them become what they are is cool, too. 
Um, so I've always been a fan of LSU, my LSU guys, and I always root for LSU. Were you a hooper back in the day? Uh, no, like maybe like sixth, seventh grade, but not not very. I mean, I was all right, but I wasn't like, uh, you know, I wasn't anything special on the uh, basketball court. You're a big dude. I mean, and for a center, six six. That's a massive man right there. How has that been like in that transition, and, and especially in this offense, so much movement required of the center, the agility, got out and pull sometimes and, you know, get to that second level. They're always talking about that in the zone schemes. Do you like, do you like that? Yeah, that's fun, uh, getting out in space and, uh, you know, getting to work and uh, just getting out there and having fun, really. What's one thing you would want Browns fans to know about you that they may not know? So when they go out there and they see Posick 55 out there, they, you want them to think what? I mean, that's a good question. Like, to be honest, man, like, just like a blue-collar dude, like, I just, you know, I'm not too big into the social media and all that stuff. So, you know, I just like to show up and go to work and, like, be around the guys and uh, just have fun playing ball. How nice is it to be through kind of those COVID protocols and actually get to be around the guys? Yeah, I know it's definitely nice, and it's definitely feel like we're getting back to some normalcy. Do you think, like, had you come to a team, like, let's say you came to the Browns in 2020, and all those protocols were in place. Do you think it would have been a lot harder to kind of acclimate to the team and as opposed to coming in now where you guys actually can be together? And has that kind of helped your acclimation process at being more normal? Yeah, definitely. Like, I think especially when it comes to, like, learning, like, being in a room and, like, being hands-on, uh, for some people it probably helps. For me, probably. So, you know, looking at a computer screen is just a lot different. I get you out of here on this one. How excited are you for Carolina getting the season actually going? Real football. Yeah, man, I'm excited for this season, man. I can't wait. Ethan, pleasure getting to talk to you. Welcome to the Browns. Good luck this year. Yes, sir. Thank you. Great job out of you. Thank you, brother. Um, I have two things for you. Uh, number one, did you happen to see, so Amazon debuted the Thursday night television package last Thursday with Michaels and Herb Street, like that run of it, the streaming only one, except for the local markets. The, did you see the ratings for this? No. All right. So they only did a million, like a million O2. So low, low for NFL standards, very, yep. very low. It's even less than that if you take out the local markets. So the markets represented about a half million of it. So in terms of people who actually streamed the game, it was around only a little more than a half million people actually stream, streamed the game, which is incredibly low, which speaks to – while we talk about the streaming services, we're not there yet to where the casual fan will seek it out and land on it. We're just not there yet. We're in mass. They're doing well, it. Well, I mean, we are in the sense of, like, you'd go to YouTube TV because that's still TV to you. Yeah. But to open, you go to HBO for Thrones yeah. because you know it's there. But the notion that you're going to have to watch football via the Amazon app on your TV mm -hmm. is not we're what not people there are, are used to, accustomed to. So no. it's... You're not, not there something yet. they seek out. No. The other thing that was surprising about it, the, this was all from John Oran, the Sports Business Journal, the average age of the, of the person watching it, and this speaks to the conversation we were having earlier in the week about Nielsen and Arbitron and all of that from a rating standpoint, the average age was like 55.6. On Amazon? On Amazon, on the stream. So that stunned me, and then I thought to myself, is that the average age of the consumer or the average age who's of the paying. person who's paying for the account? Right. Bingo. Yes. Bingo. That's so that's that was interesting. That's right. Another thing I want to run by you. Um, you know, how I'm rewatching. I, I rewatched any given Sunday 
Yeah. Like last week. Yeah. So over the last couple of nights in, in bits and pieces, and I haven't I haven't watched it to start to finish, but in bits and pieces I've rewatched the program. Are you familiar with the program? <laughs> Boy, am I. Have you right. have, have so, we have we uh, gone onto the freeway yet? Is that still is that still that scene in it? Is not in it. It's taken I, out. I saw it in the theater. I saw it with that scene. And the scene was in it. And I played quarterback in high school and used many of the Joe Kane lines. Often. I bet you did. A lot of put the women and children to bed and go look into dinner was said yeah. in huddles. That's a lock. Um, but the – so the movies, it's just absurd. It's great. It's as fun as can be. And yet it also tries to be really serious, and there's some parts that Which are really dark. Yeah. And I wish they wouldn't have gone down that road. Um, but – so I was reading an oral history on it. Okay. Because I haven't thought about this movie in 20 years. And in the oral history, Craig Sheffer, who played Joe Kane, by the way, was 33 years old when he was playing Joe Kane in the movie and looked it, mind you. Um, Joe Kane, Craig Sheffer said that he got the job um, on on a lot, it, on one of the studio lots, yeah. because they took him outside and he threw a ball. And he says that the quote, he says that he threw it 65 yards, to which I say there's no, no chance. Way. That Joe Kane threw the ball 65 yards. Agreed. Which got me thinking, how many guys, how many starting quarterbacks in the NFL can throw at 65 yards? I'd say most. Most? Most. Zach Wilson, yes. Josh Allen, yes. Tua? Huh? Maybe not. I mean, when I, was, when I was in college. Now, this is with a Duke football. When I, Yeah. Not a junior ball or no, a college right. ball like no. a, a Duke. Not even a college. Not even a high school ball. Because I always prefer the Vegas the of the ball. You I guys was, played Duke with the flag when I played flag. I we always, always used played. Duke. We always played with a high school ball or a college ball when we played flag. I don't think that was an option for us. I liked the way the Duke fit my hand. I thought it's interesting you said it. So I found for my hand. Yeah. I always found the the high school ball and the college ball to be too fat in the middle. I didn't like that. I liked the in my mind, and maybe I'm wrong. Huh. I felt like the Duke was more a, an elongated ball. It's the opposite. I have one on – I've got a Duke yeah. and I've got a college football national championship ball. The Duke is bigger around. In the very middle? In the very middle. But I don't middle. think it is at the top. I think the, the those balls are like almost like more of like a like a watermelon shape. I should bring it versus in. Versus – I should bring them in. The Duke. The Duke's definitely more pointed at the tips. Yes. For and sure. I like that. Okay. Okay. So that's – and then so I always played with a Duke. But yeah. when I was in college – the best I ever was seventy, and I you would, threw it seventy in the air. Yeah, I would win our at Emory every year. I won the th by like t ten. That's yards. That's absurd. Why didn't you play quarterback in high school? Because I if you could throw played, seventy yards in the air, dude. I your was, arm was still the same. I was six four, right? Maybe a buck forty. Still though, the arm is the arm. They wanted me to play, of course. Seventy yard arm, my God. Not Pedro did not want me playing football. I'm pretty sure the I, we had a dude who went and played in 60. Oregon. In, yeah. So this would have been 95. He graduated 95 mm -hmm. and went to play at Oregon. And, like, I would go on the field before the games and, like, sling it around with him because yeah. he was – and he would, like – he was our running back. But we played hoops together. Todd Brooks was his name. May he rest in peace. And I would go out there and sling it around. And when they would come recruit him, they would always come to be like, why aren't you playing? Like, you obviously can throw the ball. And I'm just like, I'm, I weigh a, a pound. Still should have got the other and sling it 70 yards. He didn't want me to sling up. it. That's why I was the Georgia flag state flag football champion. I mean, for God's sakes, that's an incredible hose. Um, I could sl tell you this. When I was out here with Ray Farmer, when mm -hmm. Ray Farmer was the GM, yeah. and I was cooking up my idea of 
playing in the fourth preseason game. So they walked me out there, Uh and his what he said is you have to be able to throw it 50 in the air, Mm -hmm. and I got one 61. So that was 2014, so 14 years out of college. I dropped drastically. Yeah. But I still got – I hit 61. Crazy. Good job out of you. I used to have a cannon, dude. Clearly. I'm acknowledging. Yeah. And I believe you. The – not I think anymore. there's probably more who do than I initially thought yes. because, you know, when I was li- – there's a lot of the guys who are short throwers like Breer lost their fastball. Those, a lot of those totally, guys are gone. they're gone. Rivers is gone. A lot of the guys now probably. Like, I don't know if Mariota can. Yeah, I don't know about – But you'd be surprised. Like, you're talking – here's the difference too, okay? We're talking like – Garoppolo. We're talking about, like, me doing that, crow hopping and, like – launching yeah. it for pure distance sure. you're talking about like can they just like throw it like they're playing football like, like with what, shoulder pads and the, that's the other part yeah shoulder, shoulder pads, pads. Take something off yes of steph curry sure. like steph curry can shoot his normal shot from like 45 feet sure yeah same that's form. the difference you know that's what i'm saying a, yeah for sure yeah probably i think majority could there's probably five or yeah. six who couldn't yeah, yeah the majority can it's a it's an audacious statement for a 33 year old craig shepherd though I don't to say that he could. He just I just look I at him it. and I think that it is feels there impossible. are so many other outrageous claims that he could make that feel far more likely to have come to fruition than that. Than that. I yeah. mean, have you seen the shot that they use for him like like him now? Have you seen a picture of him now? No. Third third in. I mean Oh my No, yeah, I yeah. don't know that yeah. That doesn't look like he's no, that, in the pool. That doesn't around. feel like that's gonna happen. Greg Newsom his availability coming up next. You're listening to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. The Bath Authority can give you the bathroom of your dreams. Why not transform your current bathroom into a custom bath? You'll feel like a spa. In about a day with the Bath Authority, they can make it a reality for you at a fraction of the cost of the competitors. The Bath Authority is Cleveland Springer Bath and Shower Remodeler, experts and factory trained installers. You give them a call now, you get 500 bucks off your next custom bath or shower remodel. Call 216-220-8399 or go to thebathauthority.com. It's where affordability meets quality. The largest selection of bath projects all made in the United States. Change your bathroom from outdated to outstanding in about a day. Superior products with expert installers at thebathauthority.com. Yes, Dr. Z. The Manning cast schedule has been announced. I didn't know. I don't understand how you're still going to do this when you have Aikman and Buck. The Manning cast. There's going to be an ego. It's back, baby. Yeah. By the way, did you see Aikman take some shots? Both of them took some shots at Fox. They were like, I don't understand. How, even, I don't understand how Joe out. Buck's taking a shot at Fox. I understand how Aikman is, but I'll be very honest with you. I think Aikman didn't have his fastball until last year. He brought it back last year. Last year he had his fastball. Yeah, because he was pretty nondescript, and then last year he went when he was going to be up. He was better than Roma, and he was all in. Yeah, yeah, he was. And I think the um, I don't understand what Buck's beef would be. Like they gave they made Joe Buck the face of Fox Sports at like twenty six for decades. They gave him the keys to the castle. I don't know how he could have a beef. Yeah. It was an interesting with uh, Andrew Marchand. Yeah, it was with Marchand and uh, John Oren. Yeah, he was basically – The guy I mean, just Buck cited said, on the ratings. Yeah. yeah. Buck said, I don't, I doubt I'll ever call baseball again. That, that was kind of a sobering moment. 
But I feel well, like if I'm him, Jimmy crack corn, and I don't care. I'm getting paid twice as much he to was, work he less. He was pretty like stoic about it. I'm though. sure and he I was. was. Like, wow, but he's done. Me. Jimmy, he's he's making more, <laughs> and I don't care. He's gonna make more and work less. Yeah, win. sold. Win. He's done it. He called the World Series for twenty some years. Yeah. Like, yep. No big deal, man. All right, here we go. Manning cast. Week one, Broncos at Seahawks. Week three, Cowboys at Giants. I love that they're out week two. It's great. That's just so funny. What is week two that they're not doing? I have no idea, but they're out on it. Week uh, three, Cowboys, Giants. Week four, Rams, Niners. Week seven, Bears, Patriots. Week eight, Bengals, Browns. We'll have a Manning cast. Oh, boy. Week nine, Ravens, Saints. Week 13, Saints, Bucks. Week 14, Pats, Cardinals. Week 15, Rams, Packers. And then Monday night of the wild card. So less. All ten. That only feels like is it 10? ten? All ten will be available on ESPN two with four also on ESPN plus. That's pretty surprising to me how little that is. Yeah. I wonder if that's in reg- in a reaction to what they paid for Aikman and Buck. They don't want to undermine. Well, them. it's interesting, and and Florio at the end is only Florio would do to be like, well, it's, you'd have to wonder. The value of to ESPN remains unclear. It truly doesn't get people to watch the game who otherwise wouldn't tune in, and it siphons viewers away from the main broadcast for which they're paying a lot. For whatever Disney is paying, it's very fair to ask whether the publicly traded company is getting a full and proper return for its shareholders. I mean, that feels a little harsh right there, Florio, but a, fair, a valid question. Yeah. Well, you don't need it anymore, right, because you, that's, you're paying Buck and Aikman to be that. Yep. Now, I like it, especially Peyton. Eli's kind of a one-trick, kind of one-note. Yeah, but Peyton is quite good, and I find his insight to be incredible. Yeah, and I find him entertaining. I think sometimes they got it was hard when you were. I didn't really notice it until our game, when it, when they when it's too when it's a team you care about, it's kind of unwatchable because they will have to shoehorn interviews with nonsensical celebrities instead of just doing the game. Yep, like I'd rather him just do the game. The evolution, in my mind, the evolution is. Every game should have a Manning cast for in its local market. Yeah. So we the, talked about that with yes, Joe and with Joe. Camp, Absolutely. Starting camp. Yeah. Yes, right. Exactly. That's what it should yeah. be. Yeah. Because there's there's no um what's the value in having people call the games who aren't like the preeminent voices who don't know the teams? Like I don't get that. I don't understand team I don't six or team seven calling a game. Why wouldn't you rather just have have the local guys do it? Yeah. They know what they're doing. Yeah. Right. Um, all right, here's Greg Newsom from the podium from yesterday. Let's have a listen. Take us through, you know, kind of what happened and what, it, what has it been like to, you know, not be able to be out there for a goal. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just running around, just getting tight, you know, camp legs. So just a lot, a lot of fatigue, uh, you know, I felt a little bit. So I decided to go to the trainers, you know, got an MRI, seeing that I had a little minor, you know, strain and just been rehabbing. Uh, just trying to stay locked in while my guys are out there going. But, you know, now I feel great. Trainers has done a great job. So, you know, I'll be ready to go week one. Greg, how different does it feel um, now getting ready for week one? So a year ago, you know, obviously you're going to play a bunch last year too, but does it feel a lot different to you? For sure. Uh, like I said earlier, I feel a lot more confident, like just going into this week one versus last year. Um, I was confident, but, you know, just being a rookie, you don't know what to expect for your first actual real game. Um, you know, going against Kansas City last year as a rookie, that's, you know, a big challenge for us. So, you know, going in this year, I'm just a lot more confident um, just because I got, you know, a bunch of games under my belt now. How much better is the defense as a whole, Ray, compared to a year? I think we're way better. Um, and I know people can say, how is that if you got the same players? 
Um, I just feel like we gel a lot, a lot more. Uh, we know each other, you know, more on a personal level. So, you know, I feel like we trust each other, um, and you know, I feel like we'll be able to show that week one. The Bengals receiver said some things to say about you guys, and a few in particular. Did you, did you see that? Oh yeah, for sure. I seen it. Um, you know, I put that in the back burner. You know, I got to focus on week one, um, and then after that, week two, three, four, and you know, when we get to Bengals week, then you know. They're going to have to, you know, answer those things that they were talking about. But, you know, as of right now, focus on week one and getting the dub. So as we, as we start the week one, you are the slot corner that hasn't changed? Yeah, no, nah, for sure. Um, I'm definitely going to be working inside, outside, just like camp. Um, you know, we haven't really, you know, did anything game plan wise. But, um, you know, whatever the coach needs me to do this week, um, I'll definitely be ready to do it. Go from outside on the first down to inside on second down. Yeah, I mean, whatever coach has me doing. Um, so I really don't know yet. But uh, yeah, whatever he needs me to do. I feel like you got a good grasp on all that, though, if you're going to be flip-flopping. Oh, for sure. I think this camp, um, and even last year, you know, having a guy like Troy Hill, um, he prepared me to play inside. So um, I, I definitely think I have a good grasp of it right now. What can you do um, as, as a cornerback? Uh, as far as Anthony Schwartz and kind of, you know, giving him the looks that he needs and maybe encouraging him or getting him ready to play. Do you feel like, is there anything that you can do over the next how many ever days in that regard? Uh, no, not really. Anthony, um, he's going to be ready to go. You know, this happens. Um, people, I got into a slump before where, you know, I've given up catches and things like that. That happens. It's, it's a part of the game of football. But I can tell you guys, week one, he'll be ready to go for sure. I know that. Defense going to be frightening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and by the way, that's really what this team, I think, and in, in, certainly in the first 11 games, is going to be built on more than anything is the strength of this defense. And they've got the horses to play this defense at a high level and limit opponents' ability to score the football, which means, therefore, you can win in a variety of ways. Yeah. But I think this defense is going to be elite. Greg Newsom's going to be a big part of it. The back end of this defense is going to be a big part of it. There's no doubt that they have a chance to be special. And I think that the Browns, to be in a position that they want to be when Deshaun returns in December, they're going to have to be. There's no question. Yep. Elk and Elk, serious lawyers, serious injuries. Call 1-800-ELK-OHIO for a free case review. Elk and Elk is a proud partner of your Cleveland Browns. It is a Mailbag Thursday edition. Gebe is here. Still time to get your questions in. Hashtag AskCBD. You listen to Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. The Land on a Man, remodeled by the Bath Authority, has been free for the entire month of August. If you like what you saw, read, and heard, it's now time to subscribe for the Brown season at thelandondemand.com. Watch your favorite shows on the new HD quality video. Follow the season with Tony Grossi's columns, Daily Grossi podcast, and the 100 Years Pod. Hear your favorite shows on demand without commercial interruptions. Go to thelandondemand.com to subscribe today. Hello, Gibby. Greetings, gentlemen. How are you? I'm good. So is J Bob Gibbs good. on J -Bob. Twitter at J Bob. J Bob. Hey, J Bob. Hey, J Bob. J Bob. Are we done? Yeah. <laughs> it's a mailbag Thursday. 
Tweet your questions to us at Browns underscore daily using the hashtag SCBD. Jason Monsman at from underscore the underscore mower. Okay. (laughs) All right. Have Nate or Gibbe own up to the fact that Pitbull's timber featuring Kesha was once a prominently placed bumper music during the CBD Wilhelm era. It was. What was to the hunt to the how? Timber, the song you're, you're, oh, your Timber. kids love. Timber. Timber was in the CBD uh, rejoins. Based on what though? It's not. I don't. I don't remember ever. It was Wilhelm's. Well, Wilhelm, Wilhelm wanted it. He loved it. Yeah, loved it. Yeah. Okay. I don't. But so what's he say? Do we? Re- He's mad that it was ever a part of the show. Or that I said it sucked, yeah. and at one point it was a part of the show. That's okay. Yeah. By the way, there's an interesting discussion on tonight's Kevin Stefanski show <laughs> about the movie Rudy. <laughs> Thanks to sucks. Z. Yeah. Totally sucks. I I, I, I talked with Jeremiah Usukoromo and was trying to get him to admit that it was not good. He would not. He was steadfast. And then he, I see he said that he had watched it before he even went to Notre Dame and loved it. And I'm like, Come on. So I said, so you're you're telling me you and Allen Iverson were sitting around together in Hampton, mm-hmm. VA, watching yeah. Rudy? Yeah. And then he, he said that, yeah, I think AI had a Notre Dame jersey. I was like, okay. Suspect. Suspect. I mean, like, if you just – the movie is ridiculous. It's awful. It sucks. I think it's, it's awful. Yeah, it's terrible. Like, I was really sad in Stranger Things when Sean Astin's character Bob gets eaten by the the Demodogs. Okay. And it was like sure. a very tragic death, and I was sad sure. about it. But then I was like, eh. he was also Rudy. Also Rudy. So in my so mind, I was watching to make it easier emotionally. I was watching Rudy be eaten. I like it. And then I didn't care. I was like, Demodogs. Yeah. All right. Go. go. Yeah. Yeah. You go. Yeah, no problem with it. No problem. Uh, probably it is if if Rudy the movie was on fire, I have no water. Sorry, burn. Yeah. Wow. The only part that's good about it, but then I use as a gif is the. I do like that one. The clap. Charles, Charles Dutton. Dutton. Charles S. S. Dutton. Dutton. Yeah. 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 That's about, <laughs> that's about it. Right now, Pedro there's a lot S. of mesh. <laughs> I feel like he should have an S. He's a D. A D. He's a Dragomir. Sure. Pedro D. Zagura. Pe- <laughs> Pedro D. Period. Yeah. My uh, buddy that I used to stay with, who was uh, PDD NLRB and was one of the great labor lawyers in our country, was Charles S. Cohen. I like it. Yeah. Just a period. Very like S. It. Truman. Actually, it was Charles I. Just an I. Yeah. It's tougher when it's a vowel. Tougher, yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless Stephen A. That works. Stephen A. Screaming A. And we have. He's going to run what for about, president. Did you see that? No, he's not. Jason R. Gibbe. Robert. J Bob. J Bob. Hey. J Bob Gibbe. J Bob Gibbe. Gibbe. That'd be so fun. Like if that was this, when he comes in, Mr. Ed. When you go into the when you come into the Oktoberfest. Hey, hey, hey J-Bob! Hey. They're going to love it. It's going to be so Walk right great. by you. So great. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Uh, Ooh, I still get to do the – oh, I, I think that's how I'm going to close out the um, Stefanski show. you got to thank, you know, executive producer Andy Roth, executive producer J-Bob Gibbe! J-Bob Gibbe. have a little professionalism. Why? Oh, my gosh. Hmm. 
Meshling. Uh, I have one Meckling. for the Browns Daily Boys. He then followed up with 40 more. Yeah, Meckling's on He's fire. He's on fire. He's got a bunch. Bobby! Best underdog in a film. Shane Flacco. Falco, Average right? Falco, Falco. Falco. I'd expect Andy that from Andy from Shawshank Redemption. Underdog. The Hoosiers basketball team, Rocky. It's a lot of options there. All right, so let's go through these one by one. Um, Andy Dufresne is not an underdog in any way. He's the smartest guy in Shawshank State Penitentiary. By far. So he's not an underdog. He overcame odds, but not an underdog. Rocky would be an underdog in what? Rocky Against won, Ivan Drago, for sure. One. Four. Three. The, the, what about Thunderlips? Well, he definitely was against my, Mr. T. Yeah, so he, Clubber Lane. Thunderlips and Clubber Lane. And how can Rocky be an underdog always? And win. And he's always the ch- and he wins. He's champion many times. So maybe he's actually the favorite. Yeah. Hoosiers is the correct answer because it's also real. And they had six guys on the team, and one of them shot granny-style free throws and won the Indiana State Basketball Championship. Hoosiers is good, but Average Joe's gym, they really showed up in dodgeball against well, almost insurmountable odds. Yeah. I think the thing that's tricky there is – I think it's pretty amazing that they greenlit that on dodgeball being the sport of, to be contested. Unreal. Because it's not like anyone was playing dodgeball at that time. 5D is the dodgeball. The only, the one and only time I ever played competitive dodgeball, I used to do a television show in Columbus called The Average Joe Sports Show, and Justin Zwick, the former Ohio uh-huh. State quarterback and Maslin Tiger standout before that, Orville standout, was uh, one of the panelists on the show. And so he entered a dodgeball tournament as the average joe sports show to play into this we did like a documentary of it yeah and needless to say zwicky could probably also throw it 70 yards oh i'm sure okay and he was taking people out oh i'm sure heaters and it it was there was near fisticuffs at the end because of the velocity that he was of which he was pegging people Near fist is the closest I've come to a fight since I've been married. Oh, wow. Yeah. Gibbe, can you recite the five Ds of dodgeball? I don't think I can. Duck, dodge, dive. Whit Goodman's incredible. Oh, my So good. He is. Dodge, duck. Yeah. Dive. Dive. Yeah, I have those three. Okay. I got nothing. I don't know the other two. Dip. Dip. Yeah. And dodge again. Two dodges. Yeah. Has Vaughn it's ever dodge, done? duck, dip, dive, and Vaughn's dodge. Vaughn's not doing anything in that. It's the most. He's still great, but it's just the most flatlined Vaughn of all time. Of yeah. all time. There's yeah. no. He's very subdued. Patches O'Houlihan, though, brings it. Very strong. Yep. Yep. Uh, where? What's one place you visited that you never want to return? Indiana. <laughs> Come on. We love the combine. I hate it. I hate Indiana. You don't hate the combine. Actually, I hate Southern Illinois worse. Champaign, Illinois. Champagne. The worst. Suck. Outside of a good deep dish pizza and, and a... Well, that's well, Chicago. Like, this is no, Champagne. Uh, there's, there's another place in Champagne, but... We'll, that town is nothing but strip that. malls. Boy, you get a lot of free money. Oh, oh. does it suck? It's a great I mean, there's question. a lot of bad... Like... That champagne, Duluth, Minnesota, I've is been a there. bad, bad oh, man. Big Ten stop. 
Yeah. It's funny though. Like I have a couple of buddies who went to Illinois who just loved it. So maybe it was just every time that I went there with the Buckeyes, it was always early November. And it was just gray and cold, and the wind was blowing a thousand miles an hour. Correct. Oh, I have the answer. There's nothing to stop it. Downtown Jacksonville. Never (laughs) again. Good one. (laughs) No need. That's a wrap. No need. Plus, you guys did like a week there. For some reason, you did did a real tour. You guys had a real cultural experience. Uh, What's the best show on TV right now? House of Dragons. Yeah, probably. When is the uh, Lord of the Rings show drop? Isn't that tomorrow? I think it's dropping on Amazon tomorrow. I can't. That's no. It's too, too much. much. They're stupid. They should have done it in January. And then Yellowstone's going to come in football season in two. Yes, it all should start out. in February. Yeah. S- Super Bowl ends next Sunday. We drop it. Brandon Lynch. Look at the smile on this guy. He knows he's got the DBs. Look at him. That's Technique right. and fundamentals. He's ready to go. <laughs> uh, yeah. House of the Dragons, the best right now. All right. Would you rather live without the internet or without bathing? I would rather live without. Uh, it, without internet would be fine. I'd be fine without that. I'm not going to go without bathing. I feel like people that didn't bathe for a long time. I mean, can I still hop into like a? You live in a society a, now, a though. Spring. How are you going to? You walk in here after in? not bathing for. But three nobody's months. bathing. I don't need the internet. No, just you. Yeah. Oh, just I me? Bathe. I thought yeah. you were saying like as a society. Well, no. if it's as a society, then I think I would. I don't know. You don't want everybody stinking, man. Dude, I, I spent a. I was in Rome in July once. You get used to it. <laughs> I thought I thought that meant societal. Societal question or was yeah. it an individual question? It's individual, at least a closer question. If it's societal, if it's societal, I think I'm going to choose. I mean, so much is dependent on the internet. Yeah, but if it was all gone, then none of it would be. We'd be fine. You just would go back to the old days. Dude, TVs with antennas. Yeah, would be awesome. Cable, cable, sub cable would still work. Rotary phone. There'd be no streaming. No. How you, I think I'd be okay. Does like cell service though count as the internet? What, newspaper industry would be thrilled. I'd be back. Magazines, back, magazines and newspapers. Sports be back. Illustrated. Oh yeah, bigly. Big. Yeah. I okay. If it's society, I'm going bathing. If it's just me, I'm living without the internet because I know other people who have it. He's got some real good ones in here, Gibby. Let's go. I'm going through them. You're doing great. Uh, here you go. This is this is right up Zagura's alley. What's your favorite thing about yourself? <laughs> oh my God! What a mean, an, un- what an incredible. Want to go through this? What a way! What, we'll an, go what an incredible go. way to ask the question. Out <laughs> <laughs> <Not> of <a> gimme. <laughs> I'll answer it. The man is pure joy. The glass is always half full. It is rare that I've ever seen the man in a bad mood. Very very rare. Rare instances. In fact, when it is, it's almost disarming in the rare instance time when it does happen. It's hard to wrap your head around. And I feel that someone must have done something completely egregious to get you to the point where you'd be in a bad mood. <laughs> Thank you. I would have said my my great friends. Yeah. Among you. and I count you amongst them. All right. Ben Crow says super realistic for Nate to take a spell from bowling with outcast did happen. Catching Montana's overthrown passes. That, I'm not sure what that is in reference to. Okay. And casually chucking a ball further than 99.999% of humans who ever lived. Forrest Gump was more of a believable story. Well, two of the things that you cited in there, I did do. The Montana's overthrown passes, I don't know that. I've never caught a ball from Joe Montana, although I'd be pumped. That'd be exciting if you did. Jeez. Yeah. Um, 
I'll go down this road. I did What's the worst thing you've ever so done at work? In our league. What's that now? What's the worst thing you've ever done at work? Not for air. Same. Same. Moving on. First job. I cleaned my church after AA meetings. It's like 13 years old. Ponderosa. My Pick first it. job, lifeguard. Fixing fence. Lawn mowing. Oh, yeah. You actually have mowed a lawn in your life. Well, that's good. Yeah. First job I ever did where with. <laughs> I mean, I was working ever since I was a young man. That, that white collar upbringing. Pedro, no, just, not just private school. Just I'm, I'm like, I was the only kid. Okay, in sixth grade, Nana's listening. Nana can test to this. Sixth grade, me made my own lunches, did my own laundry, and rode a bike home from school. Which was that doesn't sound crazy in and of itself. If you went to the school in your district, not only did I not go to the school in my district, I went to the next district over, and not even the closest school, the next district over. That is a little bit of a get off my lawn claim out of you. That's almost a road the bike uphill both ways. Okay. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just saying I rode a bike from New Haven Middle School. Yeah, I believe you. Just saying the way that it sounds. Get Nana on the phone. In fact, Michelle Smith, who was my friend in the middle school era, her mom was thought it was abhorrent that I was riding my bike. It was very dangerous. Over train Pedro's, tracks. Pedro's raising men here. Semi trucks zooming 50 miles an hour on He's one of the streets. Men. And then I had to drive. <laughs> then I had to go through our rival <laughs> school's area and All I would I be taunted. And so you, you grew up in the attacked. Bay Area. All I could think of is like Sam Crow, like Sons of Anarchy, like you riding a chopper. Not a chopper. With like the Mayans. I don't know. Dude, okay, imagine having to be, okay, taken to school, okay, with my... You and Jack Steller. I had like a... Did you watch SOA? No. I had a bike... You should, it's in your homeland. I had to have... It's so entertaining. I had a a bike on the back of my mom's car, like on a little bike rack. Oh, my God. We would stop far away from school because it would be so weird if I had to get out of my Mm -hmm. car, take the bike off, and then park my bike and then ride my bike home. So then we would, like, drop me off a couple blocks away from school. I'd ride the bike into school. So it seemed like I rode the bike into school, and then I'd ride it home. Look at these guys. Yeah, not. I didn't look anything like them. <laughs> and I encountered many of them, <laughs> and I was terrified. That's all I can think of <laughs> with your cut. Coolest piece of sports memorabilia that you own. You got one. Oh, you stuff. may pick one. Oh, my goodness. That's a hard one. I think. I'll say just because it's it's a personal one to me too. I have the belt that the Miz walked to the ring with at WrestleMania 27 as the champion. That belt. So that is, is in my house. On? Like it just you, it's it's one of one. It's one of one. It That's is pretty cool. The belt that he carried to the ring that night. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That would be mine. What, what do you yours? got? Um. I don't know. I I mean I've got a bunch of autograph stuff and stuff from championship. You know, from championship, covering championship teams. I don't know that anything jumps out as like, this is the coolest. I've got a, I've got an NF, I got a, an NFL Super Bowl ball from that Super Bowl with the Ravens and the, that I went 49. to Ravens and Niners. I have a ball that was used in the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. Um, but that's, that's probably, I don't know. That's probably it. Uh, <laughs> who is the best movie villain? <laughs> Brad Wesley, next. Best movie villain ever? Brad Wesley, ever. next. Rudy. Still Brad Wesley. <laughs> next. 
Uh, what has been your greatest kitchen mistake? This is actually a good one for both of you, since both of you are active in the kitchen. Can I make another just kind of a lower, a lower uh, tier yeah, villain to go against Kevin Spacey in Seven is a pretty good villain. Yeah, but you just—it's so diabolical, and it's not till the end that you do it. I mean, Wesley's so much more fun. No one wants to think about Seven. Open the box. I mean, yeah, but nobody wants to think that about is that. It's rough, bro. It is. Nobody wants to think about that movie though. Like Brad Wesley, that's fun times. No one's had a bad time watching Roadhouse. By the Amen. way, Drew Diet loved that I said, "Can I hop in a spring for having no bathing?" Can I hop in that's a your spring? option. <laughs> All right, felt like so, a good workaround. It certainly could have. I feel like that's bathing though. <laughs> you can't say so you're you're banning me from entering a body of water, 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 so I can't, can't swim anymore. Nothing. Then I'm out. So I much, love the water. So much more to come. You listen to Cleveland. I swam with a manatee once, Crow Lord. Cleveland Browns Daily on 850 ESPN Cleveland. Rumpke Waste Recycling, family owned and operated. Whether you join them as a customer as an employee, you'll become part of the family. Visit Rumpke.com to learn more. J Bob? J. Bob Gibbs on Twitter. Darth Vader is the greatest movie villain of all time. Debatable. We say, no, I think he ends up being a baby face at the end of it. Yeah. But he closes the tweet out with ram it. God bless The him. scores. Eight. We're coming back. We're a week away from the week first score. The scores. And so I said and back, you know it. what I said back to J. Bob? Replace Esteban. Join us, J. Bob. Stay in Pittsburgh, Esteban. Join us. J. Bob, come on. Come on down, down J. Bob. Give I have a title to defend next week. I have scores to work on. What title is that what that you're defending? You Over, under, champion. <laughs> Come on, bro. Come on. That's not a champion. We're, one we're talking about funding people's college educations under. for their children. And There's no way we're doing it again. Back. Over, under. What do we, we do it every year? There's no way we We're do the it best. It, we truly are, if you did the math. Get, where's that song? And you have the math. You have pull, the spreadsheet. Play us out on the song from Karate Kid. You're the best around. That's it. Yeah, play us play out. Play us on out. That. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know what that means, to play us out. Put that song I'll write while we're we'll going out. Live. Yeah. You don't remember this Bill O'Reilly? I'll write it. We'll do it live. Let's go. Next level is next. Have a great weekend, everybody. Cleveland Browns Daily, 850 ESPN Cleveland. You've been listening to Cleveland Browns Daily, a production of the Cleveland Browns and ESPN 850 WKNR.